This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. I forced the bot to watch over a thousand hours of The Bachelorette and then asked it to write an episode of The Bachelorette of its own. Here is the first page. Exterior, unmarried mansion. The host, a floating suit that speaks, stands outside with The Bachelorette. Hannah, 
Hannah, Hannah. <laughs> Hannah is the girl of uh, Hannah is girl of men's dreams, yeah. blonde and nearby. Host, I can smell the big boys. They want your heart to pump them craft beer. Ooh. That is the goal of love. Man one enters. His body is a square. His head is just jaw. Um, oh my God. <laughs> hello, my name is <laughs> my name is Chort Chomp. For work, I'm a bus, Catholic style. Catholic style. Good. We live in God's Instagram. Chort is called to war. Man two enters. Hair tucked into head. Oh God. Um, oh. Ow. Hello, my name is College Football. I invented salmon, <laughs> grasped my gift. College hands Hannah a bouquet of investment banking. <laughs> Thank you, but I do not eat. Ooh. College rides a frisbee to Gym City. Man three lands plane. Oh. I am a I am pilot named Billabong, Alabama. I love my mom. She is this plane. <laughs> uh, this plane er, confirms its motherhood by remaining still. <laughs> It's brave for a man to have a mom. <laughs> man three golfs himself into into the mansion. Man four enters, horse riding him. Uh, oh. I, I see a country boy. <laughs> man four is country boy. He is the country boy of Germany. Ignore me. Ignore me. I am married. <laughs> Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. Today is Thursday. So you know what this means. It's going to be this week in Bachelor Nation. We have some screams prepared for you at the end of this episode. We have some parasocial plays we're going to discuss. We, of course, have a bunch of Bachelor Nation news to get to. We're going to be talking about gains of all of our players from this season 17 of The Bachelorette, what they're doing on Instagram, and the ratings of the show itself. But of course, before we get to any of that, we're going to have a state of the world. And even before we get to that, before that, <laughs> we got a little bit of business up top to discuss. Game of Roses has a new shirt currently available for anyone who wants to purchase it. You can go to bonfire.com slash huju, H-U-J-U, and pick up one of these shirts in your favorite color. It's going to be available for about a month, and then it will go away forever. So you have a limited amount of time to get it. We have posted this link all over our social media, as well as a commercial that I made for the shirt using mm-hmm. footage <laughs> of some of the greatest hoojus of all time. And some not-so-great hoojus, I suppose. At least one not-so-great hooju. Madison Prue, I'm talking to you. And a very sultry voiceover by Bachelor Clues. <laughs> Thank you very much. I did my best. <laughs> that is bonfire.com b-o-n-f-i-r-e dot c-o-m slash hooju h-u-j-u we got multiple colors we hope you enjoy them and uh we're looking forward to seeing you wearing them possibly doing hoojus once they all get made and shipped out which will be later this month or early next month um but now let's move on and begin this episode in the way that we begin all of our episodes by talking about some piece of news that is existing out there in the larger world. Things that are affecting our real lives that have nothing to do with reality TV, right? Wrong. Wrong. We're going to tell you exactly <laughs> how this relates to our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. State of the World. Norway has passed a new law that makes it illegal to post retouched photos on social media and la- without labeling them as such. 
The new regulations were intended to combat the unrealistic beauty standards and body dysmorphia that have arisen as a result of the overwhelming influence of social media. Any advertisements with alterations to a body's size, shape, or skin will have to be marked with a standardized label designed by the Norwegian Ministry. And the law doesn't just cover Photoshop bodies and faces. It applies to any photo that has a filter of any kind. Violating the law will result in fines and in extreme cases, even potential imprisonment. Despite the law being virtually impossible to enforce and obviously having no effect on any social media made anywhere outside of Norway, it has widespread support from the Norwegian influencer community. I read this and I was like pretty interesting there's a government this is a country coming together and saying social media is problematic it's it's promoting body dysmorphia in our population it's coming with it all of these kind of psychological problems that it drums up in people who are constantly scrolling and seeing these images of people that don't really exist that are highly touched up promoting these false ideas of body image and and what you're supposed to look like i believe this law misses the mark entirely. Social media hmm. is not meant to be an accurate representation of the real world. It's in fact meant to be an escape from it, from the mundane, from what we really look like. This social media is a conduit through which you can project an image of yourself as you want to be seen. That's why we have a million filters. Like, can you be fined if you put a puppy dog filter on your head and you don't say this is a filter? Yes. Yes. Under this law, yes. That's why it's insane to me. I disagree. I think it doesn't go far enough. I think label <laughs> all the filters, label the Photoshop, label the makeup. Let me right. know what you're doing. Let me know what razor you're using. Drop that skincare routine so that I can recreate your look. <laughs> uh, you want free spawn con. <laughs> That's what you want. Uh, okay. I mean, just tell me, you know, are you wearing eyeliner? What's the shade that yeah. people might want to know? I, For me, the bigger issue of this is like it doesn't understand what social media actually is, that we are now in the first steps of uploading human consciousness into the digital environment. That is what social media is, whether people want to accept that or not. All the data you're putting into your social media, I'm talking about pictures, videos, posts, tweets, everything you're making that exists in the digital record is going to outlive you. And it is going to be used to recreate some version of you in the digital future. And as social media gets better and better, I mean, we're just in maybe like the... Why would they recreate us in the future? Who is they? Whoever. The people living in the future. Because there are going to be algorithms powerful enough to assimilate all of the data in existence and do whatever the fuck it's trained to do. And will there be a company that says our goal or an artist or any entity that says my goal, our goal, is to bring back every dead person who has an Instagram account? Of course that's going to happen. Because the data will be... What do you be mean made. of course that's going to happen? That seems like that requires a lot of time and energy to recreate... To recreate, honestly, a lot of duds. There's a lot of duds. Billions of people. Sure, but it, eventually it won't take a lot of time or energy. As technology progresses, all this shit gets easier and easier. Eventually it's just going to be a click of a button. Eventually Instagram is going to have that as an option. Do you want us to, 
to have your dead relative keep posting, you just click yes or no. Out of curiosity, you'll hit yes, and then it will become something we just do as a society. Nobody ever truly dies. And so to say that like social media needs these inhibitors on it, that you have to say if you're using a filter, say if you're using all this shit, it's like, dude, just sit down. You're, you don't get it. I understand there are problems with body dysmorphia and all that kind of stuff, but it's like where we're going, we're not even going to have bodies. We're going to even need bodies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, I like it. Honestly, I I disagree, Clues. I think maybe in terms of, like, personal accounts, you can't enforce it, but I would love to see, like, companies, especially, like, beauty companies, fashion companies, I think they should all... I like it. I support. In terms of SpawnCon, sure. But then it gets to a point where it's like, what if me, let's say I run Maybelline, and I Mm -hmm. pay X amount of dollars to... One of the Jenners. I would love to see their their marketing campaigns <laughs> if you ran Maybelline. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> I would try to do like a, a line of digital makeup, so like you don't have to actually wear makeup. Mm. It's just some kind of digital thing you can use in your avatars or whatever. But they are doing they, that. People sell their own filters. Totally, the Lion Dyke sell filters. Look, that's all coming right around the corner with NFTs and stuff where you're basically going to live some version of a digital life and you're going to be buying NFTs to clothe your avatar and do makeup Mm -hmm. or whatever. But we are now existing in this realm where I think people don't understand how quick and fast technology is about to radically change everything. Social media proper has really only been around for about 10 years. I'm talking Instagram, Mm -hmm. Facebook-ish forward. It now completely controls the 52% of the connected world. It is how presidents are determined. It is how bills are passed. It's how people win elections for even like local governments and stuff. Fame is all that matters. And that is only going to become crazier in the next 10 years when we have things like AI and quantum computing really coming into their own. Those technologies are like in their infancy right now. What they're going to do in the next 10 years is going to make everything that's come before it look like playing in the sandbox shit is about to get very crazy and i I just think that this these strange stutter steps that governments are taking to be like well we need to inhibit this it's like too late the genie's out of the bottle there's no law you can pass to make people more aware of using filters or any of that kind of shit it's like embrace this or step aside because it's happening we are all becoming digital citizens and that version of ourselves can be whatever we want i do feel like more and more jobs are requiring social media like you're just gonna have to have social media to do all the these different jobs now it's like this other job that you have to do to get your other jobs at this point yeah it's existing in that realm of social media and so we're talking about this bill getting passed or this law getting passed in norway how does a social media law in (laughs) norway affect our beloved game well fame as i said is now the only thing that matters the ig numbers that engagement and this is something obviously that all contemporary players deal with reality tv is is really no different than social media in presenting a world that isn't real. And I just saw Fast and Furious this weekend, Fast and Furious 9, or F9. Humble brag. Thank you very much. And I noticed something in this movie 
which was any time they mm-hmm. had a close-up on Vin Diesel's face, or really any time he was in frame, you could see they were essentially using a filter, some kind of digital retouching of his face. A glow. Like, yeah, exactly. They put a mm-hmm. digital fucking glow on this dude's face. And I'm like, okay, Fast and Furious is a giant billion-dollar movie, whatever, but eventually that technology will be good enough that we all have it on our phones. Are you sure that it's not just your love for Vin Diesel, your love for him, you're being back in the movies, <laughs> yeah. and you're seeing him in this aura? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't have any love for Vin Diesel. <laughs> just checking. Yeah, I'm 100% sure. But okay. eventually, it's like that technology is going to be cheap enough and it's going to be everywhere. It's like, not only are we going to use it on our phones, imagine a Bachelor where producers now have the option to not just give you a fool edit or a villain mm-hmm. edit. They can make you look like what they a want to make you edit. look like. Or an ugly edit. They can turn a villain into maybe somebody you hate a little more mm. because they give them, they tweak their face just enough to make them like it hits some target of making the audience like repulsed or maybe they want to give somebody a hero edit so they do make them look better they give them the Vin Diesel glow that shit is coming that shit they already do that with locations if things are like take place in Mexico they'll give it like an RNG filter so it's like ooh right I just I mean we're on the precipice of video technology graphics technology being everywhere and operating at high high fucking levels so that you can trust no image as being real and that's mm-hmm. going to be the world we live in it, i mean we're yeah. already there with deep face and, and it's just like i don't think with the demon like this, beyonce the demon beyonce deep fake tom cruise if you guys haven't seen deep tom cruise on tiktok please look at that it it should open your eyes to exactly what can be done currently which is a photorealistic representation of a person that is not that person we are at that point and laws like this in norway are just like what is the fucking point of this it's already we're so far beyond that law being necessary or enforceable that it's in my mind a joke to even attempt to to enforce it or even pass it it's just like i don't get the point of it i like it <laughs> We're like Andrew and Spencer and Trey on the Thomas Tattle. Agree yeah. to disagree. It's like some city being like, well, we're passing a law that you can only use two horses on your horse drawn carriage. Four is just too much. It gums up the street. And we're all like, excuse me? We drive cars now. It, it just doesn't <laughs> make any sense. At, to I mean, me anyway. A lot of the way that we conduct things doesn't make sense. I'm like, I really thought we were going to get vaccine passports and that that was going to mm-hmm. be a thing. And now it's like, no, you just, it's just the honor system. Just wear a mask if you're not vaccinated. That's all we ask. Yeah, it's it's strange as L.A. is opening up and we're all back in public and stuff now. There's a sign on some doors that says, like, if you're coming into this establishment, please wear a mask. That's it. Mm-hmm. And nobody does. Anyway, that is <laughs> our state of the world for this week. Norway is passing laws that have no bearing on reality, and we are all about to upload into a digital utopia. And now we're going to move on to the segment of our show where we discuss the gains of all of our players from this season, as well as the ratings for the show itself. This is 
This week in games. So the ratings of this season of The Bachelorette are the worst we've ever seen. And last week, they were the worst of this season. Wow! <laughs> Breaking records, left and right, this season. Well, this week it maintained the same ratings as last week. It's exactly the same. The worst ratings of the season repeated twice in a row. The fourth, ep- the fourth episode pulled in a .7 in the 18 to 49-year-old demographic and 3.3 million viewers total, which was up a little from last week's 3.1 million. And these numbers might fluctuate a little as the season progresses, but we're well into the season. And it seems like they're going to be around these numbers until the end. Maybe we'll see an uptick in the in the playoffs or the finals. But Tough. we hope that this repeated point seven means it's at least hit its bottom. That we will not descend any further beyond this number. But it did still miraculously win its time slot once more. Further evidence that network TV is in its final days. And I, just by comparison, I wanted to roll through... Um, the other shows it was up against, and what they got. This is the landscape of network TV on a Monday night, prime time, 8 p.m. This is the best network television has to offer us, and this is what it's doing. Bachelorette, 0.7 in the demo, five point, or sorry, 3.3 million followers. On NBC, we had the Stanley Cup Finals Game 4. That got a 0.6 in the demo with 2.56 million mm, viewers. The championship. Yeah, huge sporting event. Biggest thing in hockey. 2.56 million people tuned in. On Fox, we had a brand new episode of Hell's Kitchen that pulled in a .5 with 2.31 million viewers. On CBS, we had a rerun of The Neighborhood giving a .3 with 3 million viewers. And on The CW, we had a new episode of All American. .3. Rough. All American on The CW had .2 with only... 640,000 viewers. And then as the rest of the night went on, the ratings just plummeted. You're looking at ultimately at 10 p.m., a rerun of NCIS on uh, CBS, pulling in a point two with 2.3 million viewers. These numbers are just abysmal, like across the board. No one's watching network TV anymore. And we are just witnessing kind of the, uh, the effects of that, I think, on our beloved game. Now, moving on to the Instagram gains of the players of Katie Thurston's season. Last week on Twibbon, she had 720,000 Instagram followers. Our crown stayed solid in gains, accruing 25K once again since that point, bringing her to 744,000 total. I predicted that she would pass the million Instagram follower threshold by the end of the regular season and clues that it would happen during playoffs. We shall see. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you're necessarily off. I think she could still do it. She's got to get 250K more in, what is it, two weeks until hometowns? Mm -hmm. She'll have to boost it up, but it's possible. It's possible. By the way... I think in order to get the ratings up, they need more people to see that promo that was at the end of last episode. (laughs) It was an intense promo. There's a lot of shit happening in it. Mm -hmm. They are certainly building up to that moment where she seems to storm off and say that she's done with the show. We know that'll be false, but 
they're at least building to that moment. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. And we have been tracking Thurston's TikTok gains. They have been pretty minimal, less than 1K each week so far. But this week, Thurston gained 69.6K, bringing her to 411.7K TikTok followers. And we'll get to it in parasocial plays of maybe why this huge bump happened. This, to me, is very interesting because, as we discussed uh-huh. many times on the show, TikTok is kind of eating the Instagram audience. Instagram is still a little bigger, but TikTok is catching up. And mm-hmm. I feel like it is the, certainly it's the preferred social media platform of Gen Z. So if the beloved game is to maintain relevance, it has to start getting people interested in TikTok. And here, Katie Thurston is doing just that. So congrats to her for that. And now, let's move on to the top five Instagram gains for players of Katie Thurston's 17th Bachelorette season. This week, the gold medal, the top earner, if you will, in gains, is Jersey marketing sales rep Greg Grippo. He's back at the top of the charts. He gained 25,000 followers this week, bringing his total to 174,000 for his continued use of use of shy style his dynamic duo with Catman connor b his tier play filled second audience game his loaded love level three and that first flower we discussed this in our recap this dude's rose quotient is going to be i I don't even know what it's going to be he's going to be the closest to zero i think we've seen depending on what happens next week he could get a low rose next week and get blown out of the water i don't know but we'll find out yeah we'll see or maybe he'll quit before he uh, sees his rose quotient go down, which would be admirable. Well, he's got to get one more rose, though. <laughs> or he doesn't have a rose mm. quotient. you got to have five. Mm. How's he going to do that? He's got to get a knock-knock rose. That's what he should do. Oh, fuck. I would love it. <sighs> the silver medal in gains this week goes to... 36-year-old Ohio business owner slash widower slash package deal, Michael Alio. He gained 20.4K followers this week, bringing him to 61.2K total for his shy style, his IFI on the group date, his bachelorette's preference, and my play of the game second audience PTC at the after party, which pulled tears from both Grippo and the fourth audience. Me. Let's assume Alio makes it to playoffs. Mm-hmm. Let's even give him runner-up status. Where do you think he finishes in Instagram count? I see Alio going a route of a Zach Clark. Who has 500 and some K? Well, I don't know what he's at now. He was at around 500 at the end of that season. He's He's still under dale moss i just ran that number for something we're going to discuss a little bit aren't later. we all 661 yes. 661 dale's at 706 i don't know if he ever gets to that level there's something about him that is not parasocially strong i can see him washing out in like 200k area we'll find out well he started posting you see this parasocial gaze he just posted Mm-hmm. I've strong mm-hmm I've seen Serious. it. I've seen it. I, I don't know. 13,000 likes. 
They love it. The people. Maybe this is controversial. I don't feel like he's <gasps> got it. I don't think he's got the parasocial power necessary to really command a large audience. It's just my feeling. Mm. It's my intuition. I'm just going to leave that out there. But nonetheless... It's, you know, he's competing with your boy, Blake Moynes. You want your prediction to be accurate. He's not competing with Blake Moynes. No one is. He's in a game by himself. What about Grippo? Yeah, uh, maybe. Blake Moynes is just... The season is his, and now even here, the third place this week, the bronze medal in gains goes to 30-year-old wildlife manager Blake Moynes. He gained 19000 this week, bringing him to 189 k total for his horse fear IFI on his one-on-one date, his future casting, his love level one, and his hey chemistry game. Hey. His gains are going to continue. Moynes is going to be at the top of this chart starting probably next week or the week after, and I don't think it's going to stop. Fourth place in gains goes to Clay Harbor's cousin, pro football player Andrew Spencer. Spencer gained 11.4K followers, bringing him to 33.3K total for his continued colorful narration, his pace case MVP status, his hoodoo, and his multiple powerful PTCs on his one on one date. Glad to see him up in the list. He is one of my favorite players as well. Fifth place in gains this week goes to gains chart topper who was eliminated last week, Boston real estate agent Christian Smith. He gained 7.4 thousand followers this week. He is not in the game this week, just to let you know. (laughs) This brings him to a total of 49.2K for his swan song exit bump runoffs, I guess. How is this fucking guy doing this? He's smoldering in the shadows still. He didn't actually leave. He's just like in the background, <laughs> faded out. <laughs> he wasn't in the fucking game. Who, who are these 7,000 people that are like, oh, that dude who got kicked off last week, I should follow him. Is this real? Is he getting bought followers? Is he buying these followers? Is he the guy who comes back in the promo <sighs> and we don't know about it? Is this potentially a spoiler, these gains? He cannot come back, though. They didn't set up anything with him. They barely let him speak. I did see, I didn't click on it, but I saw a TikTok of some girl who was like, our Boston King gone too, gone too soon. So I'm like, yeah. maybe there's like TikTok people hyping him up. I don't know. I don't either. I, it just, this is weird. I don't think we've ever seen anything like this where a guy who did literally nothing in the game. Ghost games. <laughs> it's so strange. <laughs> I don't know. I'm curious to see um, if you can keep doing this. I doubt it. I bet it'll be like 3K next week. Yeah. Honorable mention goes out to the Catman, Connor B. He gained 5.5K this week, bringing him to 29.7K total for his part in the dynamic duo with Greg Grippo and his flying squirrel on the group date. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Katie called his uh, performance in the rugby yeah. drills. <laughs> it was a beautiful flying squirrel. And the top five chart for July 7th, 2021 goes as follows. You got that champion up top, Blake Moynes, 189,000 total. I don't think anybody's going to take him down. Although Grippo is knocking at the door with 174,000 of his own followers. followers. Michael Alio has 61.2K. <laughs> Christian Smith has 49.2K. 
and Carl Smith. Yes, Carl. Is still on this fucking list with 40.4K, which, by the way, hasn't changed. Carl Smith gained 100 followers in week one, and that is it. He has had no gains in any of these other weeks. He's still holding on to the top five, and Andrew Spencer is now the next closest with 33.3K. So hopefully we'll see him knock Carl off this list maybe next week. Wouldn't it be great if Carl is the guy that comes back? Oh my! He's God. like, I yes. was right. It was Thomas. He was 4TWR. <laughs> I didn't want to name names. I wanted him to come forward himself. Katie, will yeah. you have me back? He demands retribution. He's like, yeah. I was right. You got to let me back on. Mm-hmm. And of course, Tasha and Caitlin still stagnating. No gains for either of them, despite their hosting or co-hosting this entire season. They're not doing much in it. They're not really giving us a reason to follow them. They're barely used. And even when they are used, it's pretty boring, pretty standard stuff. So I don't know. Hopefully they can uh, pull it out. I mean, I don't know how close Caitlin is on her Instagram. It just says 1.9 million. I don't know if she's like, I think you have to have 1.95 million and they round it up. So mm. if she's anywhere close, I'm not sure. Tasha has at least 149,000 followers she's going to have to get, at best case scenario. Yeah. That seems difficult. Caitlin, I don't know. Again, I don't know how close she is. She may be like 10 followers away. I have no idea. Maybe at the reunion shows, the women tell all, the after the final rows, if those two end up posting, I could see them being more in the spotlight. <laughs> maybe getting a little bit i bet they'll get a reel during the women tell all in the bloopers there will be a bunch of shit of caitlin and tasha i think so too because they're posting a lot of the social media videos yeah. and dancing around and palling around and stuff mm-hmm. i bet you're right maybe that'll help them maybe that'll give them the bump i'm not sure but that is it for gains and now we're going to move on to the segment of our show in which we discuss all of that beautiful news. All of those luscious tids. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News. We are talking about the possibility of seeing a gigantic name being thrown into the ring for our next Bachelorette. Well, our next, next, next Bachelorette. Only one week after we implored producers to look outside the franchise to cast a huge celebrity as a lead, it's happening. Julianne Huff is reportedly being considered to wear the crown in season 19 next year. Huff started her dance with fame as one of the pro dancers on the ABC hit show Dancing with the Stars in 2007. She won mirror ball trophies with Apollo Ono and Helio Castro Neves before leaving the show and returning again in 2014 as a judge. If Huff were to wear the crown, she would be the first bachelorette of all time to come from outside the game, and she would enter the game with more Instagram followers than any player in history with 4.9 million. This is a very good sign that the producers and executives know something is broken in the game and are at least entertaining the idea of fixing it. We hope Huff agrees to take on the role, and we hope that the 26th bachelor 
is someone of a similar level of fame. A note here to the producers, pay her whatever she wants. When I saw this news, I was very excited (laughs) because it means they are thinking about this in a new way. Mm -hmm. They're not just going to dig somebody out of one of the old seasons. And by the way, well, I guess we'll have one more season of Bachelor, so there will be another 30 players maybe that they could pull from in season 26. But this is such a good idea. And if it's not Julianne Huff, get somebody else. Get Jennifer Aniston. I don't care. Pay someone a shitload of money so that you can inject some new fame into this. You need that. You need that new blood. You need need to make it seem like... Yes, and it will also elevate the show. If you can get somebody to come onto the show, agree to be Bachelorette or Bachelor, who is famous in their own right, it will pull the show up to their level. And I think it sorely needs that right now. And I I think it would be great to have a second mirror ball trophy winner as bachelorette after the goat herself caitlin bristow did it didn't did trista rain win it oh i don't know maybe <laughs> there there was some has there a bachelor person other, won it i don't know if a bachelor person has won it or not but i know other bachelor people have been on dancing with the stars i i have a some impulse telling me somebody did win it nick vial didn't win yeah Speaking of Dancing with the Stars, our next item of Bachelor Nation news involves the popular dancing competition. They are currently eyeing a very interesting (laughs) contestant in the upcoming season. (laughs) It's DLH. That's right. Chris Harrison is currently in talks to possibly put his dark moves on display on the very same network that just fired him from his hosting gig of The Bachelor. So at the very least, we now know that ABC has forgiven all past transgressions and they no longer see him as a liability if they're willing to have him return to the fold. In conjunction with the news we covered last week that DLH is in talks to host a new rival dating show that would air on another one of the major networks opposite The Bachelor, it's pretty clear now that he's going to experience no permanent detrimental effects from his role in the biggest scandal in the history of the game. These networks are all... I mean, fuck, even ABC is like, yeah, yeah, come on, come back on Dancing with the Stars. That seems crazy to me. They literally just settled a whole thing with him for $9 million so that he will never be part of their biggest reality franchise again in his lifetime, and now they want him to come back on Dancing with the Stars? I'm like, there's a different level of, like, hosting the show and being the face of the show versus, like, a guest on Dancing with the Stars. I mean, they had fucking Sean Spicer on it. But if the fourth audience, if Bachelor Nation decides to get in a tizzy over this, they are professional tizziers, and I could see them launching a petition to stop this from happening. I don't think they had Sean Spicer on Dancing with the Stars. I don't think it matters. Like he's not Sean. Yeah, but Sean Spicer didn't have a didn't have Bachelor Nation against him specifically. No, he had America (laughs) against him. He had the Nation. I know, but the Nation, (laughs) the Nation Bachelor Nation, they're a little bit more fervent (laughs) in their 
desires and their hatreds. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I just found this very interesting, at least in terms of what it means for DLH being to, being able to come back to network TV. I think if yeah. he does this, and I think he knows this too, he's like, I have to get back on network TV in some capacity to try and like calm people down, get them used to the idea that I'm not going mm. away. And this is honestly kind of a perfect way to do it because he yeah. can come in, as you're saying, it's in a reduced capacity. He's not hosting the show. He's just a contestant. And he can kind of make fun of himself a little bit. Mm -hmm. We get to see a goofy side of Dark Lord Harrison. That's probably what it is. him in a different light. He's trying to get that nicer light. Here's what, I mean, what I would do if I were him. Propose to the Zeems. Ooh. Remember that post he did where she was a bridesmaid and it looked like a wedding? It got such good engagement. A DLH wedding. I really think that would help rebound him. And when he does, it will be my accurate prediction. (laughs) (laughs) A blast from the past. The bachelor from the very first season of the experimental era, Bob Guinea, of laughing, laughing Bob Guinea, has welcomed a new member of his family into the world this week. Guinea and his wife, Jessica Canyon, were married in November of 2016. Great month and had their first child, Grayson Robert Guinea, in December of 2018. Grayson's little brother, Blake, entered our dying world on July 1st, and we wish him and the entire Guinea family nothing but happiness in the coming years. Guinea was the first Bachelor to be cast from the player pool of a prior season of Bachelorette. He went out in fifth place on the very first season with Bachelorette Trista Rain. Guinea has 115,000 Instagram followers. His wife, Jessica, has 2,603. And their first son, Grayson, has an even 100 followers. Congratulations to the Guinea family. Moving on, our next item of Bachelor Nation news involves Claire Crawley and the Mossman himself, Dale Moss. They are engaged again. Us Weekly reported that a source they simply refer to as, in quotes, an insider has revealed that, in quotes, they are engaged but still are working on building a solid relationship. They've discussed future plans but aren't necessarily wedding planning. They aren't rushing to tie the knot. First of all, congratulations to this historic couple. We can never forget that Crawley is the first bachelorette to fall in love with a player before her season purely through parasocial means, at least by her claims. And of course, Moss is the only player in history to win a season in the fourth episode. So their relationship is incredibly meaningful in the history of the game, and we are happy to see it flourishing. And secondly, let's take a look at how this information is coming to us via this, in quotes, insider that is an exclusive source for Us Weekly. This is almost 100% Moss and Crawley's publicist. The same story appeared in People, E! News, Cosmo, all the usual gossip rags on the same day. So here we see that not only are these two players back together, they're using the story of their relationship as a marketing tool to maintain relevance in the nation and continue their parasocial influence. Moss currently has 706,000 followers as compared to the ring winner of the second half of the same season of Bachelor at Zach Clark, who has 661K. And Crawley, of course, is sitting at her cool one million even. I love to get some more parasocial engagement off of your second engagement. We're re-engaged. <laughs> it's brilliant. 
they should just keep doing this every six yeah. months. Engagement yes. off, engagement on, engagement off, engagement on. Why I'm not? not sure why not? Are why not uh, create some fake breakups? What's what's the harm? I see none. I agree. I think that the trajectory of a relationship of anybody who comes from our game, whether they wind up breaking up, getting married, whatever. The longer you can keep putting new things happening in that relationship, positive or negative, as long as you're still linked to each other, it becomes news. News generates engagement, and you can ride that to the bank, essentially. So here, we had an engagement on the show that was definitely forced by the Dark Lord and the producers and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. It was quite obviously too soon because that relationship falls (laughs) apart. Under duress, yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The engagement under duress never works. They get disengaged, and now all the news starts coming out after that about them being seen on the beach, and she's slapping him on the ass, and all Mm -hmm. those videos and photos Slap her around the world. Exactly. (laughs) And then all of that gets covered as news by the the regular people, Cosmo and people and E! News and all that shit us were part of it and that then becomes oh shit they're back together and now we follow that story for a little while and now they're engaged again now there's going to be a wedding there might be kids who knows what is next in this story matching but tattoos <laughs> please let that time be for it. that that'll be an article whatever their their next steps are they are using every one of these steps perfectly to continue their social media engagement they're going to get spawn content out of all this who knows who's going to pay for their wedding but somebody is for sure and they're going to be posting about it all day long speaking of engagements a notable family of one of the biggest players in the game makes the news this week jet and jack weber had his proposal accepted this week to longtime girlfriend Christine Braun Anderson. The pair made a parasocial event of the big day with a series of videos and stills posted to their main grids that chronicled Weber's traditional down-on-one-knee style near a beach on the Palos Verdes Peninsula. And of course, Jack's big brother, Popeye Weber, lent his parasocial support in the form of a two-slide main grid post with a still and a video of the momentous event with a caption that read, My brother is engaged. Jack, you and Christine are perfect for each other. Your love inspires me, and I am so happy for the life you two get to share together. I love you guys. Double heart emoji. Congrats go out to the happy couple. Always good to see that Weber family growing in power. Congratulations to all of the people who are in our news this week for engagements and new babies and all of the different progress everyone from our beloved game is making. Now, it is time for us to move on to discuss some of the plays that our beloved players are making off the field and in the digital world, which we talked about up top. This is the primary world. This is the only mm-hmm. world that matters. You don't actually Mm -hmm. exist in the physical plane. You only exist in the digital realm, across social media. At the very least, that's where more people are interacting with you than are in your real life, especially true of all of our biggest players who have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers. This is... The Parasocial Play, 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 Play of the Week. 
there were a ton of great parasocial plays this week. And at the top of the list is Claire Crawley. She posted a six minute and 34 second direct to camera video in which she talks about how she was suffering from mysterious health problems, including rashes and inflammation that doctors couldn't figure out, but eventually attributed to implant illness. She said, as much as I love my implants, my body is fighting them and recognizes it as something obviously foreign in my body. She said it left her exhausted and sometimes depressed, so she's having them removed in explant surgery. The caption reads, I'm sharing this in hopes that it might help others going through something similar feel not so alone. I feel that this was important to share so I can be a resource for anyone going through this as well. I know how being your own health advocate is hard sometimes and can feel like an uphill battle. This is the reality of life for so many people though. I'm just so incredibly thankful to all of the people who are in my life that support me, not only in my peaks, but in the valleys as well. The post has 870,000 views and 3.9K comments. We wish Crawley well in her surgery and hope that she recovers. Someone close to me also had explant surgery after finding this huge international Facebook group about this phenomenon. Basically, many women who are suffering from all sorts of seemingly unexplainable health shit that appears unrelated to boobs like your eyes or your feet are finding that it's due to inflammation from implants yeah i mean this is a very serious issue and claire crawley here is delivering a phenomenal post letting us in behind the curtain of her own experiences with it and talking about how she's going to remedy it and when you see stuff like this in bachelor nation it's always just like it's incredible when people are talking about their struggles that are very real, and in this case, potentially life-threatening. And so, of course, we wish Claire Crawley a speedy recovery, and we hope that everything turns out okay with her next steps in this process. Moving on to some lighter fare in the parasocial play <laughs> this week. Kind of lighter fare. It's really not, though. But it does come from a, no, it's not. <laughs> a seemingly lighter fare player, the inventor of the spin, dance, move, and author of The Dark Promise, Baylock High, <laughs> a.k.a. Blake Hortzman. He made some extraordinary parasocial plays this week via his Instagram stories. He posted a series of responses to questions from his fans. One question read, why didn't you go to paradise? Baylock High responded with text on top of a grassy background image that read, Well, I might as well address this, lol. You know, it was close. I went through some testing, etc., but at the end of the day, I didn't feel it was right for me. I'm in a good place in my life, personally, professionally, and mentally. I didn't want to go back in an environment that breeds toxicity and emotional abuse. I didn't want to put my life in the hands of people that don't really have your best interest in mind. It's like having a coach who pushes you to do the wrong things. Laughing, crying, emoji. I decided my mental health was more important than some followers and engagement, but I absolutely do not think there is anything wrong with people who do go on the show. This... Lol... Yeah, lol, he opens this with, it's like, (laughs) Jesus Christ, dude, that's anything but lol. This is a very important piece of parasocial play. Anytime we see a player revealing how Machiavelli and the producers are, I mean, the phrase he uses here is people that don't have your best interests in mind. And these producers set themselves up 
They convey the exact opposite of that. They befriend these players. They get them to admit things to them in confidence that they then turn around and use against them, specifically to create you know TV drama, basically at the expense of the mental health of these players. Baylock High was one of the, the biggest targets they had on his most mm-hmm. recent season of Bachelor in Paradise. Holy shit. I mean, he was the yeah. biggest villain of that season for doing something that he claimed in another podcast. Basically, everybody does. Everybody in Bachelor Nation has sex with everybody at the stagecoach. That's what he said, you know? <laughs> and he's like, I, look, he even said that he wasn't the, the, the biggest kind of person in that game. He was like, other people are, like, doing it way more than me. He didn't name names, yeah. but... <laughs> it's always good to see Baylock High in the parasocial plays. I know he just had a, a fun time out in Chicago DJing a boy band event put on by Kenny Brash. Chris Chris Randone Ooh. was also present. Love as was that. Clay Harbor. So congrats to Baylock High for this important announcement that he made via his IG stories that the producers are not out to uh, <laughs> to help any of these I- players. <laughs> I enjoy Blake Horseman's dark tea. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> and now we're going to come to our parasocial play of the week. Clues and I could not agree, however. So we will be issuing our own individual awards this week, as happens from time to time. My parasocial play of the week goes to Listen to Your Heart's star Danny Padilla (laughs) (laughs) he made a TikTok video this week in which he read a comedy script by Jimmy Kimmel writer Keaton Patty that's at K-E-A-T-O-N-P-A-T-T-I in which Patty wrote a fake night one script and says that he forced a bot to watch thousands of hours of The Bachelor to write it Padilla acts out the script for this TikTok as his friends laugh on. The video has 310k likes, 3,330 comments, and 1.8 million views. It has the same, if not slightly better numbers than the infamous TikTok by our current bachelorette, which clues which someone will get to and <laughs> who will get to, to it what other person will get illusion to? Of, yeah. of, I'm trying to okay. <laughs> no spoilers uh but this video was full of whimsy and I think we all need a little whimsy right now indeed we do look I'm not shitting on Danny Padilla's play here it's huge obviously you're shitting One, on whimsy I'm shitting on whimsy uh, it has 1.8 <laughs> million views. That's no small number. This was a very mm-hmm. funny video he made. There is no credit given to the writer of the script, except what we've done here. Oh, really? Oh, oh really? No. I'll just say that. that. But, I mean, whatever. He may not have known where the script came from or anything. But uh, he, he got a lot of views. I'm going to give him that. 1.8 million. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. there was a TikTok that came out this week that had 1.9 million views objectively more people saw it than this slightly and i believe that it also was more impactful historically that it means more so this week my parasocial play of the week goes to the current reigning bachelorette katie thurston there has been some controversy surrounding thurston this week due to her appearance on the vial files people have differing opinions on that event we have not yet listened to that podcast But something I am very certain of 
is how Katie Thurston is revolutionizing the way bachelorettes use social media. While she was stagnating on her TikTok gains, not gaining more than 1K week to week, something changed this week, and she gained 69.6 thousand followers. We believe this is primarily because of this parasocial play of the week. My parasocial play of the week, sorry. She made a TikTok video with the title, Dear TikTok Fam. I refuse to lose myself, pink heart emoji. While it was titled to her TikTok fam, it seemed to be instead addressing Bachelor Nation as a whole. An inspirational song plays in the background as Thurston dons a powerful parasocial gaze to speak directly into camera about how she's being judged by everyone and told what to say and do and how people don't like that she cusses. She then tells the fourth audience that she's not going to lose herself. She's done. In quotes, You're not going to steal my fucking joy. Katie's coming back. Watch out. Again, this video has 1.9 million views, 189,000 likes, and 4K comments. Again, say what you will about her. Some people like her. Some people don't like her. The play she is putting in on an objective level, just what she is doing in the parasocial arena, is fucking unprecedented. This TikTok is coming off the heels of a tweet she issued defending Hunter Montgomery after the producers gave him a fucking villain edit. And she was like, before you jump down his throat, take it easy. You're not seeing everything. And he's got Tourette's. So give the man a break. That, it was a brilliant play. She's not only undermining the kind of more evil machinations of the producers. She's now coming out and saying, toxicity in Bachelor Nation, it ain't for me. I'm going to be who I am. I had TikTok going before I was ever the Bachelorette. And this is who I really am. Now, I don't actually know who she really is. I don't know what that, <laughs> you know, what she's presenting is one thing. I don't know. But at the very least, how she's using social media, we've never seen a fucking bachelorette do something like this. No, <laughs> we certainly have not seen Tasha or Claire or Hannah Brown say, you're not going to steal my fucking joy, Bachelor Nation. It is not something we've seen before. <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. And, you know, something we always talked about with her is that she was going to kind of take control of this season, which I do feel like to some degree mm-hmm. is happening. And I think that's helped a lot by not having Chris Harrison there. It doesn't feel like there's a host in control of this season at all. So it kind of no. almost de facto falls into her lap. But I just, I'm always impressed by what she's doing parasocially. Because it's it's just stuff you don't expect. Stuff in some cases you've never seen. Like defending a villain on her season. Yeah. Or this. Telling the fourth audience like, fuck off basically, you know. Or tweeting that Chris Harrison shouldn't host her season, for instance. Exactly. <laughs> that, I feel like, will be one of her most iconic plays. Oh, for sure. But this one is up there. I mean, 1.9 million views. That She's mm-hmm. approaching... The same number of people that watch the show are watching her TikToks. <laughs> it's getting close. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, congratulations to both Padilla and Thurston on this prestigious award. And a uh, fun little parasocial play at the end of this. We have a parasocial creature of the week michelle young our next crown visited the minnesota twins triple a team the saint paul saints this week to take in a game while she was there 
and she got to spend some quality time with Space Ham, the Saints mascot. Space Ham is a pig who has a penchant for wearing baseball jerseys. The official St. <laughs> Paul Saints Instagram posted a pic of Young <laughs> bottle feeding Space Ham, and the post generated 559 likes and two comments. Congrats to Space Ham, our parasocial creature of the week. I dug around a little bit. I couldn't find a Space Ham Instagram account. I was like, how do they not have this pig what? with an Instagram account of his own? I know, but... That's nonsense. He was rubbing shoulders with greatness as Michelle Young was bottle feeding him. <laughs> it's a cute picture. <laughs> Check it out. It's on the uh, St. Paul Saints official Instagram page. I think Michelle Young posted it or something, too, in, in her stories, maybe. It, it was floating around the internet. A lot of people saw it. <laughs> a lot of people. 559 likes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of people. Cute. Uh, <laughs> that does it for all the parasocial plays for this week all the ones that came from humans and creatures alike and now it's time for pace case and i to descend deep into the bottom of the pit to examine our own relationship with our beloved game and how it has taken over our lives our identities how we now sit behind these microphones twice a week <laughs> to discuss all of these things 2.5 times <laughs> This is Screams from the Pit. My scream from the pit this week is that we finished the final draft of our book last week. And I went on a vacation to Las Vegas this weekend to Sally, which was absolutely amazing. But... <laughs> I couldn't resist stopping by a very historical place in the city of Sin. I went in the Venetian Hotel, and I went down to the canals, and I saw the place where Lanice Adams took a gondola ride and executed the first kiss in Bachelor history with Alex Michelle in week one of season one after a group date. My first free weekend in a long time, and I couldn't resist the pull of the pit. Did you stay at the Venetian? Yes. Oh, wait, so did you? Okay. okay. Now I wasn't going to include that. It. I did stay at the Venetian, okay? <laughs> now, I've now stayed there a lot. Uh -huh. <laughs> so you decide, I'm going to go to Las Vegas for this vacation. Your next decision has to be, all right, where am I going to stay? Mm -hmm. And the mm -hmm. Venetian comes to mind for certain okay. reasons, obviously. All right. Yeah, there maybe was a deeper level of the scream <laughs> I didn't want to get into. <laughs> I did stay there. <laughs> right. Did you talk yes. to any strangers about the event? Did you see if you could locate the gondola pilot? And is he still working there 20 years later? I didn't speak with any gondola pilots. I was at the spot where you can see, you know, the the fake river and the the little bridges where I mean that's where the kiss happened. The gondola yeah. rider driver was like, "You need to kiss when you're going to this bridge." And I, you know, I looked around at the crowd around me and none of them seemed to understand the <laughs> the history and the glory of this particular spot. Right. Um I felt very alone in that. And then, okay, the, sc the scream has one more deeper level. I realized 
<laughs> like this was my first vacation where like there were places where I didn't wear a mask. Yeah. The only vacation I went on or the first actual the first vacation I went on after I got vaccinated was I went <laughs> to La Quinta. <laughs> and now I am realizing my only two vacations I've been on in the last like since COVID have been in places of great bachelor uh, importance. And do you believe that's coincidence? I don't know. I mean, I live in LA, which is like sure. where the bachelors filmed and mm-hmm. certainly it doesn't seem that crazy that the nearby destinations I would also visit but the Vegas thing though is like you could have stayed in any hotel and mm-hmm. the strip mm-hmm. is gigantic I see that. I you see very that. easily could have stayed in another hotel for a couple of days and not left that casino or that block or whatever even if you had mm-hmm. just made a point of going yeah. to the canals to view the thing I think that says something mm-hmm. but you went a step further you stayed there you okay, yes, sure I walked by them it. every day I was there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big... Uh, uh, yeah, okay. Hey, <laughs> look, there's no shame in it. I would have done the exact same there fucking thing. shame. I don't feel that to be true. I mean, it was, you know, it was in the, like, price range I was looking for. I've stayed mm-hmm. there a bunch of times. I feel like the rooms have a pretty good setup. This is just an ad for the Venetian at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, look, I think the... It's pretty central. It's, I think it's totally fine what you did. Thank I don't you. think you should be ashamed of this at all. I think there are levels you to You saying it, like this does saying, not assuage it at all, but okay. Yeah. Well, how dare you? I think we have a similar <laughs> level of fandom of this. I would have done the same shit. I probably would have taken it further. I probably would have tried to have conversations with people who worked there to be like, do you know anyone who worked here when they shot the fucking episode of The Bachelor here in 2002? Huh? Like, no one would have known what I was talking about. But I would have harassed people. Do you think anyone still works at the gondola who worked there? I don't think so. Somebody probably in the Venetian still works there who worked there? Yeah. Probably. Oh, so I, I should have found, have found the, the... You would have found the hotel worker. Okay. Yeah. The CEO of the Venetian. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would have found somebody. You know what? That actually does make me feel better that there are further steps I could have taken that I did not. That you totally would've. there were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So congratulations. I mean, I'm impressed that you got to see a historical site, one that has great significance. Mm-hmm. Season one stuff Thank is you. like that's the foundation. That's like where it all started. To see the first kiss in the history of The Bachelor, or to to be in the presence of the area that it happened mm-hmm. in. I'll probably take a pilgrimage there at some point myself. I did a picture where I was doing an air kiss. It was an homage. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. Did you go on the gondola? No. Oh, no. <gasps> well, that's just looks, expensive, I'm pretty sure. Looks like uh, you have another trip in your future then. Well, I will be returning to Vegas. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. My scream this week involves a feature film that came out a couple of weeks ago and there are many reports about this feature film having saved box office film going in general the name of the film is fast and furious nine 
and it mm. saved the box office because it's generating so much money and uh, the studios are like okay people will go back to the movies now time will tell if that's true or not but I'm in the movie I'm watching the movie and it's exactly what you expect if you've ever seen a Fast and Furious movie they've gotten crazier you've literally never seen one no I know I really like the memes though I think they're so funny (laughs) yeah you gotta see one it's kind of like the filmic equivalent of The Bachelor in terms of its reflection (laughs) of contemporary American society it's like that's America it's exactly America and oh my god in this movie Vin Diesel plays Dominic Toretto he's one of the main characters he's been in all of them I believe I, I think that's accurate and he's kind of the centerpiece of the whole team of people who gets together and does all these missions and whatever and so Fast and Furious 9 introduces a new character which they do a lot in all these movies this new character is played by professional wrestler John Cena and it's Dominic Toretto's brother he plays Vin Diesel's brother mm. You get some flashbacks throughout the movie. I'm into this experience. I like these movies. They Mm -hmm. are crazy and big, and the dialogue's bad, and the story's stupid. It seems like purposefully made that way, so you can kind of laugh at the whole thing. I mean, what do you think? Yes, (laughs) I assume. (laughs) That is a correct assumption. So I'm in there, and I'm watching it, and Dominic Toretto and John Cena, whose name is Jacob Toretto are both wearing a piece of jewelry that is a kind of symbol of the Toretto family. They all wear it. It's a necklace. Uh I know where this is going. (laughs) It's a necklace that's a giant cross, (laughs) and they wear it on the outside of their clothes. And as I'm watching this fucking movie, I'm like, I actually went into the movie theater thinking, like, this will actually be fun. I can sit down for two hours and watch this movie and not think about The Bachelor. I see these motherfuckers mm-hmm. wearing these cross necklaces, and all that I'm getting is Mikey Planeta, Mikey Planeta. <laughs> I am seeing him on screen as Vin Diesel because I can just see, only That's think about that weed. giant cross necklace. Exactly, it was. But uh, I became aware of the fact that even just these minor things, like someone wearing a cross necklace on the outside of their shirt in mm-hmm. a movie, now to me only means The Bachelor. It's yeah. something that is so inconsequential, insignificant to everybody who sees it. It's like the the necklaces are kind of big and chunky and dumb looking, but no one in that theater is like linking it to The Bachelor. I am. Mm-hmm. That's all I see in it. And that to me was like, I mean, I'd call it a wake up call, I guess, but it's like, whatever. I've had a million of those <laughs> and they ain't waking me up. I'm deep in wake the dream up, at this clues. point. <laughs> wake up, <laughs> But it's like, I just can't. I can't see anything now without it relating directly and immediately right back to The Bachelor. Nothing. Even a Fast and Furious movie. I'm like, that's The Bachelor. It is all connected. But I know that's not true, is it? Is it? I feel you. I stayed at the fucking Venetian this weekend. (laughs) It is all connected, but that is okay. But then I get to the point where I'm like, wait a minute, though. It is all connected for real. And I, I yeah. realize that makes me sound like a crazy person, though. You that believe I in this... God. What's that? <laughs> You're saying you believe in God now. No, no, no. Not God per se, but like the fact that we are all made of 
subatomic particles that come from stars mm-hmm. and all that shit. Like, yes, existence is connected, 100%. And yes, what they're Vin Diesel to- is Virgin Mike. <laughs> they're all the That's same. That's what I'm saying. At least the the symbolism of it is like the in the same way the producers are getting Virgin Mike to put his cross on the outside to be like look Christian 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 mm-hmm. Vin Diesel wearing his cross on the outside is the same thing to the audience of Fast and Furious Fast and Furious and um, Bachelor I think have very similar audiences in that they're split there are some people who go into a Fast and Furious mm. movie and they're like this movie is fucking great it's about family i love the action these characters are awesome and then there's another half that goes in that's like this is the craziest stupidest shit i've ever seen and i love it (laughs) you know and i think that Uh like being able to watch it ironically or at least understand the problematic shit that's in it that is the same in fast and furious as it is in bachelor nation and i think mikey mikey planeta's cross serves the same function in both bachelor nation and fast and furious which is pandering to the christian audience what is problematic do i even bother asking what is problematic in in the movies oh i don't the movies aren't like necessarily exactly problematic in the same ways they're not like totally misogynistic i've never gotten a racist vibe Mm. from them or even a homophobic vibe from them um so it's not are there gay characters i don't look my memory of them is like bad (laughs) i watch these movies and they're like in one ear out the fucking other yeah now i'm i'm reflecting back on like oh vin diesel was glowing okay clues he was i'm glowing vin diesel he literally fucking was if you've seen this movie you know what i'm talking about his face is like fucking they they get these tight as my father would say you've been smoking doobies <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't make any of this less true. He was glowing and he was wearing a giant Christian necklace. So was John Cena. So is Mikey Planeta. Why? These images that they craft in these movies are just as produced as anything in The Bachelor. Yeah. They're, these are choices people are making. Why are they making the choice? Because they're pandering to a certain selection of the audience. Is he a religious character? Does he go to things? I don't think so. I remember there was one scene in a graveyard where he lightning like strikes behind. I don't think so. Uh, to my knowledge, no. But again, as I said, my memory of these movies right. is fucking terrible. I watch mm-hmm. them and forget them. Like, I can't even tell you what the plot of the movie was. I saw it last night. I have no fucking Family. idea what it was. Family. It's like the one John Cena is kind of a bad guy or something. Or Oh, no, there was another bad guy. I don't fucking even remember. I don't remember. Mm. They're very Sounds forgettable, good. but I remember that fucking cross. So anyway, that's my scream from the pit this week. Fast and Furious <laughs> is the Bachelor. The Bachelor is Fast and Furious. All things are connected. All things are the same. Mm. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week in Bachelor Nation. To all of our news, our screams, our parasocial plays, our parasocial creature, all those gains, and our state of the world. And as always, please remember... You can now get a brand new Do You Hooju t-shirt at bonfire.com slash hooju. And we will be back on Monday with a very special Patreon episode. Look out for that. That's at patreon.com slash game of roses. And as always, before we go, what is that dwabat? It has been... 
7,045 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in... um three-body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by get this 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, Mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven day routine tighter skin or your money back get a 15 percent discount code by using the discount code game that's fiber skincare sweaters candles the dreaded bathrobe unfortunately mother's day gifts can be a little predictable and boring that's why an aura frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things. (laughs) <laughs> and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage, so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater, and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.